Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome back to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. This afternoon, we are joined by Paula Steve, the Chief Internal Auditor at ASB. Hi, Paula. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, Kath. Thanks for having me. We were just chatting about the world of ASB uh, and, you know, some of the changes that are going on in your organisation. An exciting time for you or challenging time for you? Uh, look, I think both, to be honest. Um, I think that the um, that everybody's experience over the last few months with the COVID crisis um, has, uh, has created um, a bunch of challenges for people, but it's also uh, created a lot of opportunities for um, for ASB in terms of what we can do for our customers, but then also how we can reimagine ourselves as an organisation. Well, I look forward to unpacking some of those opportunities a little bit later in our chat. So firstly, who is Paula Steed? Uh, do you know, it's not an easy question to answer. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that... Um, that I've spent 46 years trying to uh, trying to answer it, and, and I still haven't quite got there. Um, and, and when I was thinking about it, uh, I think it changes over time, and it has has changed depending on sort of the 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 life space you were in at that stage. You know, sort of daughter, friend, sister, mother, wife, professional student, coach. Um, you know, we wear all these different hats. So. So I think I can tell you less about who is Paula Steed and, and more about the couple of things that I've learnt um, over the last few years that, that are kind of have become really fundamentally important to me and that I hold on to. Um, the first one of those is, um, is trust. In the last few years, I've realised just how important trust is to me. And, um, and that's about trusting my instincts and also trusting the people around me um, to do the right thing. So... So having the right people around me is really important. Um, the other thing that I've learned a lot about myself is that um, what really energizes me is making a difference. Um, I'm no good at something where I where I just sort of turn up every day and do the same thing, turn the handle and, and get the same result. Um, I really thrive in situations where, um, where I can see I've had an impact or, or when I'm coaching somebody where I can see the light bulb come on um, above their head or where somebody I'm working with puts themselves forward for an opportunity that perhaps they wouldn't otherwise have. Um, from a personal uh, personal perspective, I, um, uh, I've learned that uh, as the mother of three boys, I've got an awful lot to do to, to sort of grow some good men to release on the world when the time is right. So, so that's really important to me as well. Probably the most important of all those hats you said you wear or have worn uh, is the mother of three boys. And I think we all, uh, as mothers and as parents and as aunties and uncles, we all have a lot uh, to learn about shaping the best versions of the humans of the future for our younger generation. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about your call to adventure to joining ASB. 
Um, so I joined ASB in uh, January last year. So I've been with the organisation sort of um, coming up 18 months now. And on the face of it, uh, the timing for joining the organisation wasn't great. Um, the opportunity uh, to, to explore joining ASB came uh, came onto my radar right at the same time as um, as I'd made the really hard decision to end uh, end my marriage. So I guess conventional wisdom tells you that in in times where one part of your life is going through uh, large upheaval, you know it might be sensible to kind of keep the rest of it sort of safe and stable and and well known. Um, but I actually had the opposite, um, the opposite experience. I think because of the timing of when the opportunity um, came to me, um, I was just coming out the back of sort of six months of um, of really intense sort of self reflection and um, and realizing that that actually you know what you think you know isn't necessarily what you know anyway. Um, and uh, and the other big learning out of that time for me was um, you know if I could. Uh, navigate successfully through you know such a challenging personal circumstance then actually um, I could do anything you know and, and taking on a new role at that time was going to be no easier or harder than, than anything else I would choose to do so um, so that's sort of a little bit about the about the timing and my thought process uh, but when it actually came to the role itself um, it appealed for a number of different reasons um, risk management and conduct and culture is incredibly important and topical in the financial services industry, particularly off the back of the Royal Commission that we had in Australia a couple of years ago. Um, and it's really visible. And, and so to my point earlier, I really felt that it was an organisation that I could go into and I could really have an impact and make a, make a difference. Um, ASB's got got a great board of directors and um, and a fabulous executive team that that I'm proud to be part of and and I learn a huge amount of by being part of that uh, and also um, ASB's purpose around accelerating financial progress for all New Zealanders really resonated with me. Uh, I think again you know at the time when um, when my husband my former husband and I was were separating. Um, it occurred to me that that you know of, of all the things I had to worry about and all the decisions that I needed to make during that time, the one thing that I didn't have to worry about was uh, financial. You know, I understood what was happening with our finances. You know, I knew knew what we did have, what we didn't have, what decisions I could make, and uh, and and I realised um, that that's actually um, quite a privileged position to be in. And so the idea of, of being part of an organisation that could help educate other people so that, you know, if they're ever in a situation where they're having to, to make tough decisions, that money is one, one less thing for them to worry about really appealed to me. You spoke earlier about an intense self, a time of intense self-reflection. Can yeah. you share a little bit more about some of the things that you did in that time? Um. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think um, it was a time of, of really sort of um, examining things and kind of going, was this what I thought it was? Um, and, and, and for me, it was a bit like um, all the experiences that you come across in your life. You know, we all have we all have challenges and we all have, um, you know, times where things don't go well. And, and, and how I've learned to work through those is, um, is trying to sort of get through the, the, the emotion and the upheaval as, as quickly as possible and then get to the, you know, so what does this mean for me and, and what have I learned and how do I use it to inform, 
inform my decisions going um, going forward. Um, so that that's really the way that that I was thinking about it. I you know I took advantage of um, you know good friends and plenty of shoulders to cry on and um, and you know and independent people who could help me sort of you know work through my thinking and and, and understand um, understand you know the learnings from it. So aside from these big personal transitions that you've recently gone through, what have some of the trials and tribulations been that you have experienced on the road to achieving your goals and having the impact that you're having at ASB? Yeah, I had um, I, I learned um, a pretty good lesson, a pretty a tough lesson, but a good lesson fairly early on in my um, in my career, and that was around um, listening to that little voice on your shoulder and being afraid to take an opportunity. Um, so I was in the situation where I was asked if I um, wanted to be considered for, you know, quite frankly, what at the time was my my dream role, and um, and I said no, um, and I said no for a couple of reasons. Um, one was because I was just pregnant with my second um, second son, um, and and I felt bad that you know it's not fair of me to to sort of you know be asked to be considered for a role and and then sort of disappear off on parental leave. Um, and the other reason I said no was that I um, was scared that I couldn't do the job. I was focused on all the things that um, that I couldn't do or I hadn't experienced. Um, and so, you know, roll forward and somebody else was put into the role and I spent the next eight months uh, before I went on parental leave supporting that person and being incredibly frustrated because it just became clear to me that I could have done the job and I could have done a really great job on it. Um, so, so the learning there was really around shifting my mindset away from, um, you know, what it is I can't do and actually going, what is it I can do? Um, what is, what is it that's made me successful? What is it that means that even thinking about me for this opportunity and how can I make that work for me? Um, and that opportunity and help me continue to be successful. Um, I think, you know, as I've, as I've gone on, it's a lesson that's, that stood me in good stead um, as my career has developed and, and, um, and, and what it's sort of turned into a bit now is, is being really comfortable with the fact that I don't have to have all the answers to things. You know, I don't have to know everything. But what I do need to have is the right questions. And I need to know when to ask for help and know when to bring other people other people in to get the right answers to things. And how do you teach that, you know, within an organisation, if there are things that you have learnt along your journey, how do you pass those insights in a meaningful way onto the younger generation that are learning from you? Yeah, so um, I do a lot of, um, do a lot of mentoring through um, a number of the programs that ASB has in place for um, for our staff internally. And, and it's probably... Um, it's probably one of the key lessons that um, that I share with people um, is that one around, you know, it, it strikes me that, that we spend a lot of time focusing on the things that we can't do or the things that we don't do well. And, um, and you know, you can always keep improving and learning, but, but at some point in life, you know, you just have to accept I am what I am. And if I've got areas where I'm not as strong, how do I compensate for them? How do I bring people in to to round out the bits where where I might be weaker, um, so I just I just share that I think it's I think it's really important with people um, to share 
my experiences as well. So, you know, people um, need to realise that, you know, nobody's infallible. We've, we've all had, had, uh, had challenges and learnings along the way. And I think there is still a deep sense of fear of being judged by people if we do share our experiences and they have been challenging. Do you yeah. experience that uh, in your world, that there's this um, fear of being vulnerable, of sharing our layers and sharing our truth uh, of what we've learned? Um, I don't know if I... Um, I don't know if I experience that people are fearful of doing it. Um, what I have experienced is that um, is that when you are open and you do share a bit of yourself and, and your experiences, that people respond really strongly to it, um, and um, and you know find it quite um, you know can find a lot of meaning in it. Um, so I think you know in terms of from a, a leadership perspective. Um, you know, I've, I've found that, that that people have really appreciated it. So what does the word purpose mean to you and the role that you do every day with your many hats? Um, so so purpose for me is um, is all about having kind of that North Star to follow of knowing, knowing exactly what it is you're doing um, and why you're doing it. Um, and again, you know, from a leadership perspective, being able to give people that purpose um, and really connect them to what they're doing is, is really powerful. Um, I think the other thing that I try and do on a day-to-day -day basis is I try and be really purposeful in what I'm doing. You know, we've got only so many hours in the day and, um, and there's a lot of, lot of demands on everybody's time. So, so being really clear on, um, on what it is I'm doing and why I'm doing it is is really important and one of the things that I try and be quite disciplined about. Um, I also try and um, try and force myself to follow through on things. I can be a bit guilty of, of sort of, you know, getting 80% of the way there on something and then um, uh, losing a bit of interest. So, so just sort of being purposeful and following through things to completion um, and just keeping in mind the satisfaction I know I will get from reaching that point. Um, there is, is definitely another an interesting psychology around that of that kind of getting to the eighty percent point and then not necessarily giving up, but you know finding the next project. Yeah, uh, yeah. To work on, it's uh, it's an interesting process that I'm certainly also guilty of, and I often find myself picking myself up or pulling myself up, going, "You need to just finish it and just follow it through." Yeah. Yeah. So how have you used this time of change to create new opportunities? Um, I've had some great opportunities through, um, through this time of change. Uh, I've also had, uh, you know, some, some challenges. Um, my uh, boy's father is a police officer. And so during lockdown, he was a, uh, an essential worker. And, and so the boys weren't able to spend time with him because we couldn't sort of create a safe bubble for them um so so look you know and, and at the same time as all that was happening I I sort of stepped away from my from my day job and got really deeply involved in um ASB's uh customer relief um efforts in terms of getting the the financial relief packages in the hands of our of our customers so it was quite a different job for me so I sort of had a number of different dynamics going on at the same time I sort of had uh, had had you know working remotely 100% of the time I had trying to homeschool the three boys um, you know as well as being the designated shopper and um, 
and all of that, as well as trying to do some really, really important work stuff um, that was outside of my comfort zone. So, um, so you know, it was a, 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 an exhilarating and a terrifying and a you know a full on um, full on time. But um, coming out the back end of it now, you know, the the learnings for me are as I could never be a teacher. I think teachers are absolutely amazing, and what they do with children is is just stunning. Um, but but I can't do it. I was a terrible homeschooler. Um, I learned that um, being really closely connected to our customers and being involved in things that, that make a difference in their life was really, really meaningful for me. Um, and I also learned that one of the, um, one of the things that I have um, had as part of my sort of executive sponsorship at ASB has been our flexible working, um, working group and how we can make that available for more people. And so the learnings that we had around mobilizing sort of 5,000 people to all work remotely and, and having our, um, our frontline customer services operators um, working with our customers uh, from home for the first time in 170 years was amazing. So, so that's a really big thing for me is how do we, how do we take all those great things that COVID forced us into into um, discovering and, and, and make them keep working for our people and our customers. So what have been some of the daily rituals and routines that you embed into your world to be the best version of Paula? Uh, one of the things that I, um, that I try and do is I try and include uh, movement in my, um, in my day. Um, in any way I can. And, and, and over time I've sort of realized that the, that the best time for me to do that is in the mornings because it's my time. There is nobody else who's asking, you know, who's asking for my time um, sort of first thing in the morning. So I try and um, try and walk every morning, um, you know, rain or rain or shine and actually just sort of enjoy being outside and in the fresh air and, and that sort of thing. I find that it really sets me up well for the day. I sort of, you know, any, any cobwebs and stuff are, are blowing out before, um, before you get underway with, um, underway with everything. Uh, the other ritual that um, I'm trying to implement into my day, and I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at it, but I am trying is, you know, I go around the house uh, in the evening and I collect all of the devices off my children um, and I say, no, you don't have devices in your bedroom and I put them all away and then I go to bed and disappear down a Netflix sort of rabbit hole for, for however long so so my new one is um is trying to you know do a bit of practicing what I preach and, and putting the screen down at night and, and just concentrating on on getting uh, getting a decent night's sleep we are all also very guilty of that we all try to get our children off devices but uh, we are so I don't know if the word addicted, but we are so glued to our screens sometimes, whether it's our computers or our phones. Um, so they are just really following what we do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you think about impact, where will your impact be in the next 12 months? Um, in a couple of areas, I think, you know, from a, um, from a professional perspective, um, there's a real opportunity for um you know, organisations like ASB and um, and you know financial services and more broadly to to really um, I guess get the strategic advantage out of managing risk. Um, you know, for so for for a long time, risk management is sort of seen as this um, 
as this sort of this un, unsexy sort of handbrake or, or limitation to innovation or, or entrepreneurial thinking or that sort of thing. When, when in fact, to my mind, it's the it's the exact opposite. It's really around, um, you know, how do you set things up so that people know what they can do safely and they can do it at speed and 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 make you no know, really quick quick safe decisions. So. So that's something that I'm really focused on from a professional um, perspective. Um, personally, um, or still still through ASB, um, I'm going to continue this year to work with one of ASB's partners, the Springboard Trust, who, um, who work a lot with um, teachers and principals in New Zealand schools around improving um, their leadership capability with, with a goal to um, improving the life skills of young New Zealanders. So um, that really appeals to me in terms of, um, you know, going back to what I what I said around sort of, you know, equipping people with knowledge and, and, you know, I was talking specifically about their finances, but again, you know, if you've got people having a really great educational experience from the start, then uh, then it just sort of sets them up to be able to sort of participate in all the opportunities that that come at them through life. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, that the other one that I've already mentioned is really um, embedding those lessons from COVID. You know, everybody made an extraordinary uh, sacrifice for, for the good of our country um, for, for sort of an extended, um, extended period of time. So, so how, do we take, um, how do we take those lessons and, and help them sort of for our organisations, um, you know, and our economy in New Zealand? You spoke about risk. Uh, and risk is a key attribute or trait, you could say, of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. How can we, you know, you spoke about it also being the unsexy handbrake. How can we change that thinking that we do need to have a level of risk to be able to push the boundaries and try new things and step out of our comfort zone that you spoke about earlier, but also at a point where we can actually make sure that it's a calculated risk? How do we find that balance between those two? Yeah, I think that um, I think the most important thing you can do is really understand risk. Um, and and the thing is, is that we, you know, life is full of risk. We you can't make it all go away. But if you understand it, then you can put plans in place. And so, you know, from a um, you know from an entrepreneurial mindset perspective, it's sort of you know, yes, what is the opportunity? You know what is the risk in this opportunity and how do I turn that to my advantage rather than seeing it as a negative, you know, um, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, with with great risk can come great reward if you manage it properly. And so I think it's around really sort of understanding what it is and then understanding how you make that an opportunity. I love that. Great risk for great reward. That was, yeah. that should be my new uh, mantra on my wall this week. <laughs> so just thinking about our wonderful community of entrepreneurial women with purpose, what is yeah. something that you are truly passionate about that you would love for them to take away from this conversation and activate in their worlds? Um, I think a couple, a couple of things for me. One is, um, one is, shifting your thinking away from the reasons you can't do something and really understanding what it is that's made you successful and so how you can use that to be, continue to be successful. So just changing changing that thinking, I really encourage everybody to do that. 
And the other one for me is um, just, you know, from a very personal perspective is, is just to get, get connected with your financial situation. Um, you know, some of you will be all over it. Some of you will have partners that do it. Um, you know, some of you may have stuff that you're hiding in a hiding in a drawer because you don't want to look at it. But really, you know, get connected with that and talk to people who can help you. And, you know, particularly if you've got, um, you know, young people around you as well, sort of have conversations with them because knowledge really is power for people. One of those things that you said was around shifting your thinking. What would yeah. be one action that people could take to shift their thinking? Um, I think probably um, probably just just asking yourself the question is, you know, why can I do this? Or, you know, what skills do I bring to this rather than I haven't done that? Well, just just actually asking you asking yourself the question is you know what is it about me that's got me where I am? And just re- doing that self reflection. Yeah, we all definitely need that time of self reflection. It is such an important thing to give ourselves and allow ourselves to do every once in a while. Yeah. So thank you so much, Paula, for sharing your world and your very own hero's journey with entrepreneurial women with purpose. Thanks for having me. Just like the founding origins of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose, Rind was born and bred in Marlborough, New Zealand and has the values of locally made goodness, no mass production, hand-picked fabrics and most importantly, functional yet stylish designs sewn into the brand DNA. Although a fashion business was never part of the plan for founder Hayley Rind, she now finds time to balance her love of being farmside and designing active and athleisure wear. Good health and well-being are top priorities for Rind and Entrepreneur Women with Purpose, which makes us a perfect brand fit. Rind is a founding sponsor of Entrepreneur Women with Purpose. Check out rind.nz.